So as Kyle read for us, the Israelites are still complaining. It's, it's, if it's not one thing, it's another. It's, it it kind of feels like they're almost at this point, they're looking for something to complain about. It's, uh, it's, it's kind of a bit much at this point, in my opinion. But we'll, we'll see. We'll see what happens. We'll see. We'll see, we'll see what, where this takes us. The first complaint we hear about, though, in Kyle's first teaching was they were hungry, right? They needed something to eat. The second complaint that we hear in, in, in Kyle's second teaching was about Moses himself. They're like, you chose this guy? Really? This, this is the best that you could give us? And then last week, they, in John's teaching, uh, they complained about the direction that they were being led to. They didn't like where they were going. And as if it couldn't get any worse, this week they decided to complain that they were thirsty, that they were parched. They needed a little water, okay? And this, kind of, this, this reminds me of a funny story that this was a long, long, long time ago when I was a kid. Um, I'm old. I have, I have a one-and-a-half-year-old. It's all downhill from here for me. This is it. It's over. It's, it's all downhill. Fair enough. <laughs> but no, they, when a long time ago, I decided to, to walk home after one of my baseball games with my cousin. And I'm not exactly sure what was going through my mind, but it just sounded like a really good idea. Like, let's walk all the way across town. It's like a three and a half mile walk after a baseball game. I'll be fine. It's like 90 degrees outside. I was a kid. I was young. Felt invincible. And to make things worse, I was chewing original sunflower seeds. Now, now listen, I know what you're thinking. What a monster. Why? Why original, right? It's like the second worst flavor right behind barbecue, right? It's awful. Ranch, listen, ranch sunflower seeds is the only kind that you can eat. That's it. Why, listen, right? <laughs> but no, it was all right because the seeds, all they did, all that salt just dried me up even more, right? So it was, I was incredible. We made it maybe halfway through, and then that's when the real complaining started. Right, like the Israelites sounded bad, like they were complaining, like it was like multiply that by 10 and that's what I was doing, right? Like I, it, was, it was awful, right? But the need for water and being thirsty was real and fair. But the bad attitude and the harsh comments and the unbelief were not fair. There is a lack of trust in God from them. The older generation of unbelief was almost dead and now the younger generation started acting like the older generation. So what did Moses and Aaron do? In 6 through 8, it says, Moses and Aaron went from the assembly to the entrance of the tent of meeting and fell face down. And the glory of the Lord appeared to them. The Lord said to Moses, take the staff and you and your brother Aaron gather the assembly together. Speak to that rock before their eyes and it will pour out its water. You will bring water out of the rock for the community, for the community so they and their livestock can drink. So seeing and hearing the people, Moses and Aaron went to the, went to the tent and fell down, and, and the Lord spoke to Moses. They went to God for instruction on what to do next. Not a bad idea, right? He's, he's on the right track, right? He had good intentions. And God tells them exactly what to do. And God was very specific in what he told Moses and how to do it. He said, first, take his staff. Second, gather his people. Third, he said, speak to the rock, and water will pour out. Let's see how well Moses follows the instructions that God gave him. We're going to read 9 through 11. It says, So Moses took the staff from the Lord's presence, just as he commanded him. He and Aaron gathered the assembly together in front of the rock, and Moses said to them, 
Listen, you rebels. Must we bring you water out of this rock? Then Moses raised his arm and struck the rock twice with his staff. Water gushed out, and the community and their livestock drank. So let's just break it down and let's see what Moses did, right? He took the staff. He gathered the people. He then scorns the people and calls them rebels and says, Must we bring water from this rock? He then hits the rock twice and water comes out. So I got a little short-term memory loss, right? So let's just kind of recap and see how well Moses did. Took the staff. Check. We're off to a good start, right? It's always the starting that's the hardest. He gathered the people. Two for two. (laughs) Batting a thousand so far. Not bad. Then God tells him to speak to the rock. Moses scorns the people. Okay. Two for three. Let's see. Let's see if he can save it, right? Let's see if he can save it. And then speak to the rock. He hits it twice. Not, he was close, right? I mean, unfortunately, though, being close only counts in horseshoes and hand grenades. Not necessarily following God's instructions. God was specific. He told him what to do. And Moses, all he had to do was say what God told him to do. And he didn't. Moses took what the people were doing personally, and he acted out in anger and with a bitter heart. He made it personal, and he put himself on the same status level as God. He told the people, must we, like him and God, bring water from this rock? He put himself somewhere he didn't belong and tried taking credit somewhere where he shouldn't. And Moses strikes the rock twice. And at the beginning of the Exodus journey, he only hits the rock once, but out of anger and frustration, he hits it twice. But the point is, he didn't follow God's instructions. Now, I'm a I'm little sympathy for Moses, right? You know, you don't want to, you don't want to be too harsh on him, right? You kind of feel for him for a certain extent. I mean, he was under a lot of stress, a lot of pressure, right? He has to lead all these people. He's got him nagging in his ear all the time, right? Like, it's not an ideal situation, right? So you kind of want to feel for him. But he decided to do what he wanted to do instead of doing what God wanted. I'm going to share this illustration with you guys. It says, there was a man who got lost in the desert. After wandering around for a long time, his throat became very dry. About that time, he saw a little shack in the distance. He made his way over to the shack and found a water pump with a small jug of water and a note. The note read, pour all the water into the top of the pump to prime it. If you do this, you will get all the water you need. Now, the man had had a choice to make. If he trusted the note and poured the water in it, you know, poured the water and it worked, he would have all the water he needed. If it didn't work, he would still be thirsty and he might die. Or he could choose to drink the water in the jug and get immediate satisfaction, but it might not be enough and he still might die. After thinking about it, the man decided to risk it. You gotta risk it to get the biscuit, right? (laughs) Hey, listen, if we're not gonna get anything out of this, at least I'm making you guys laugh a little bit, right? No, so he poured the entire jug into the pump and began to work the handle. At first, nothing happened, and he got a little scared. But he kept going, and water started coming out. So much water came out, he drank all the water he wanted. He took a shower and filled all the containers he could find. Because he was willing to give up momentary satisfaction, he got all the water he needed. Now the note also said, after you have finished, please refill the jug for the next traveler. The man refilled the jug and added to the note. 
Please prime the pump. Believe me, it worked. Instructions are there for a reason. They're there to serve a purpose, and they should be listened to and followed and not altered. God's instructions were meant to be were meant to be followed. God's plan for Moses in that moment was good, and the outcome for everyone was meant to be good, but Moses thought otherwise and took it into his own hands. It's like last week in softball, Jonathan was coaching first base. Listen, I'm not the fastest person out there, right? So if I'm going to get a double or a triple or anything else, I got to hit it far, okay? <laughs> so I, I hit it, and I was going, and Jonathan said, go two, and I looked to see where the ball was, and in my mind, I said, no shot. It's not happening. He said go, so I tried going. It wasn't good. I got tagged out. It was embarrassing. It was rough. But it's because I didn't trust my base coach. I needed to trust that the instructions he was giving me to go to was the right move. And if I would have fully committed, I easily, I mean, wouldn't even have been close. I would have been safe for sure. But one time, yeah, one time, you know. And then, and then later that day, I didn't beat it again. But that's, that's for a different teaching. But despite Moses' attitude and actions, God still provided abundantly for his people and all the livestock. We see God's love for his people is great despite anything else. Moses may have thought what he did was right, but what we think is right may not always be right in the eyes of God. So I'm going to read verse 12. It says, But the Lord said to Moses and Aaron, Because you did not trust in me enough to honor me as holy in the sight of the Israelites, you will not bring this community into the land I give them. We read the consequences of Moses' actions. He is told that he won't be the one who leads his people into the promised land. Moses tried to take credit for something that he didn't do, and Moses portrayed the same unbelief that the Israelites had in the first place. The punishment may have seemed harsh, and even though Moses was a great leader, he was still a man, and he was still subject to God and God's law. There was no favoritism. So what's the point? Where am, I, where am I trying to go with this? Where do I want to park the, the quote-unquote car, right, if we're road tripping it? <laughs> we all have a place and a role to play. Moses tried to put himself on the same status and level as God. He tried to be credited for something that God did. But God puts us where we need to be. It might not always be where we want, but it's where we need to be. We all have a place. The example I can think of is, is when you're on a road trip and you're on the freeway, right? But before I, before I say this example, I gotta take a quick poll, okay? So you guys can tell me, live stream, put it in the comments because I'm definitely checking the comments later. What do you call it? Is it a freeway, a highway, or an interstate? Interstate. Freeway. Thank you. What do you mean they're different? Oh, we're being a little too technical there, yeah. We're, we're, it was too deep. That was too deep. Too deep. Back it up. Back it up. It's a freeway. <laughs> 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 
Think of, think of a freeway, though, right? You have the left lane. That's the fast lane. That's the passing lane. You have the middle lane. That's the, the traveling lane. And then you have the slow lane in the right lane. And if you're traveling and, and, you, and you're looking to pass somebody, you can't leave that left lane and go to the middle lane and right lane and think you're going to be able to successfully pass somebody. The left lane is meant for that. And if you're one of those people who go 10 under on the freeway, stay in the right lane, right? Stay in your, that's your lane. Stay in it. That's too technical. You're going too deep. You're going too deep. We're staying, you know, stay on the surface. We don't need to go any deeper. Exactly. Yeah. This is, this is fun. <laughs> I got to admit something, though. I'm like Ricky Bobby from Talladega Nights. I like to go fast. I want to go fast. So typically, if you see me, I'm in the fast lane. I'm going for it, okay? All week, though, I would tell Amanda about my teaching, you know, all bits and pieces, how the title is stay in your lane, how Moses didn't stay in his lane, you know, so on and so forth. I love her to death. I'm on, the, I'm on the freeway, right, and the first, like, literally right after I told her this, I tried to go into the right lane to pass a bunch of slow cars, right? Well, what happens? I get stuck behind somebody who's going slow in the slow lane, and I end up way further back. I see all the cars that were behind me just passing, just doing what they're supposed to do because they stayed in their lane. And Amanda looks at me and goes, you should have just stayed in your lane. And I go, <laughs> I said, this, this is why I married you. You keep me in line. It's perfect. She knows. What I'm not saying, though, is, is you're not stuck where you're at. You're not, you're not supposed to stay where you're at. You don't have, and if you leave, it's not a shame on you kind of thing. It's, that's not what I'm trying to say. What I'm trying to say is that God has a purpose and a place for all of us. God's place is where he wants us and needs us to be. An example I can think of right now is, is you know, Sunday mornings, I, a place for me is not in the children's ministry. That is not my place. <laughs> Right. So that doesn't mean that I avoid that completely, though. That doesn't mean that I can't go in there, best assist them, and help those who lead and serve in that ministry. And what I definitely can't do is I can't go in there to grab my kid, come out, and be like, look what I did. Give me the credit, right? I just ran children's ministry. That's not how that works. That's not the way that it is. But God has a place for each and every one of us. And that's what Moses did. He went into a place where he shouldn't have been. He said, must we bring water from this rock? He tried to be where God was supposed to be, and he tried taking the credit that was supposed to be God's. So that's what I mean when I say stay in your lane. It's to remember that God has a place for you, and he has you in that place for a reason, and that we should trust that reason. might not be easy. We might think we got a better plan, but his plan is what's best for us, and that's what we should trust. Will you guys pray with me? God, we just thank you so much for putting us in this place this morning to be together with family, to be able to sing songs, to go grow closer to you and to learn more about you. God, we ask that you just continue to bless us and, and watch over us and keep us safe. And God, we just thank you for Jesus and the sacrifice that he made. In your name, amen.